What's up, witches? I'm Taylor. And I'm Amber. And, and this, this is Waking Up, up the witch. witch. We're your neighborhood witches. Each week, we talk about all things witchy and connect with other humans in a storytelling format about navigating life on this floating rock. We're two curious ladies trying to understand the human experience, but while we do that, we think it's important to honor the people that lived here before us and honor the cultures and traditions that we're being inspired by. This podcast is about waking up the witch, which means we are learning and growing every day. That being said, we are always open to feedback on how we can do better. The views and opinions of our guests don't necessarily reflect the views and opinions of waking up the witch. Now, let's go ghouls! <laughs> <laughs> hey amber hi taylor long time no see i know i miss you i miss you i miss doing this Me too it's been longer than we were planning mm -hmm. i hate not doing this i hate not doing this <laughs> I'm feeling so good after our interview today. Mm -hmm. I just love talking to people and yeah. uh, deep diving. And I wish like the more we do this, I always think about like, I just wish we could like, why don't we do that when we make new friends? <laughs> I feel like we did do that when we, <laughs> I think we did, <laughs> but like, we'll it doesn't like, always have our guts to each other. Like, tell me everything about you. I just want to like try to keep that in mind because mm -hmm. it just feels so good. And, immediately creates like comfortability i feel too with people like even when we've talked to strangers by the end of it, it doesn't really feel like they're strangers anymore yeah i love it break the social awkwardness <laughs> <laughs> how have you been great um i was telling you this morning i don't know if it's like third trimester mm. energy boost or if it was from my body code but I mm. feel better than I have the entire time I've been pregnant I feel like a human being I mean like I'm waddling and it's <laughs> like you're still pregnant yeah and it's like <laughs> kind of having a small bowling ball <laughs> on your pelvis but I'm not like I was getting really sore and in a lot mm. of pain and that's kind of gone like I'm uncomfortable but I'm not hurting and um, I'm like just doing normal people stuff that I imagine other pregnant ladies do that I've just been looking at <laughs> bewildered the whole time like how are you doing that <laughs> like I'm not in bed all day I've like Aww. really put this whole house together I moved yeah you found a home I manifested it the only thing that it doesn't have that was on my list was like a deep bathtub and it still oh, has yeah. a bathtub it just doesn't have a big deep one but maybe i wasn't have you tried it yet enough. no but i feel like i should clean it because they didn't do a great <laughs> yeah. job cleaning everything <laughs> definitely clean it um <laughs> i'm so excited to see it when yeah. we're done with this it's amazing it's feels it feels like I've lived there for a long time already. Mm. Like, it just feels really good. I'm going to have my baby in that house. Like, yeah. everything fits in all the places nice. And I can't wait to, like, spend a bunch of money bougieing the place <laughs> up and making it, like... I mean, I have a formal living room and a regular yeah, living amazing. room. amazing. I love not having stairs. Mm. Um, yeah. I hate 
living in a place with stairs well yeah this your last like, place your bedroom was upstairs yeah and having the old dog like everything's just so much easier yeah we bought a dog door nobody has to get up in the middle uh, of the night and like walk all the way down the stairs and let the dogs out uh, like you literally just they just jump off the bed and go pee it's that's like so nice <laughs> so nice mitten learning curve yeah <laughs> at first but it's been the dogs love the yard Aww. it's just crazy to do this podcast and like put all these things out into the world and then have recorded that they all happen like oh, everything I, I called in happens such a fun uh reminder that we can literally create anything that we desire and yeah. are actually doing it you have that record <laughs> right now i'm putting it out there for everybody i will make a shit ton of money on maternity leave so that is my newest <laughs> watch me do it yeah because we all know i get what i want <laughs> i can't wait to watch you make a bunch of money thank you i don't know how i'm gonna do it yet but i will and my goal is to just like work very minimal hours from home and support my husband and my mom mm. and my baby so I'm that so we can excited. all just live a normal fucking life because everything's so expensive that you oh have to be kind yeah. of rich to be comfortable yeah it's uh that inflation really now that we're like a year <laughs> past like super high hikes and prices it's kind of like everything just feels a little bit more uncomfortable I feel like I haven't felt that way in, since my 20s. <laughs> yeah. Like, definitely reality. We have to start check. eating ramen noodles again. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, we might. We definitely are like trying to not eat out. And it's like, I don't actually want to live that way. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to do whatever I want whenever I want. And I know that that's a huge privilege, but I've also been really poor. So I can. Yeah. Des I deserve it. Mm -hmm. If I can make it happen. If you can make it happen, absolutely. And we know you can. And I like being bougie. I want to be bougie. <laughs> I want to buy expensive shit and like just be like, yeah. <laughs> and I want to go do stuff yeah. and like not worry about it. Like I have expensive taste and I want to be able to nurture that side of myself. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the time when I was younger little and my aunt my like witchy aunt would um take me to the grocery store this is where i got the nickname amber applehead and she put my hair on a little pony on top of my head and i just looked like a little bobbing apple and she let me get whatever i wanted just to watch me push around the little baby shop shopping cart mm -hmm. and we'd go up to the meat counter and she'd ask me what kind of meat we want and I'd always point at the filet mignon. <laughs> She's like, you've always had expensive taste. <laughs> yeah. It's like everything I click on online, I'm like, oh my God, that's cute. And I'm like, oh, $500. Okay. It's literally a t-shirt, but whatever. And that's fine. I think it's okay. You also are good at thrifting at the same time. Like you I have... mean, all of my furniture besides my couch yeah. is like hand-picked, handmade mm -hmm. from marketplace and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And I like things that are well-made. And yeah. I think that they last. that's the problem with the society we live in is everything's fast fashion. Mm -hmm. Everything is like processed foods. Mm -hmm. And it's like to get out of that cycle of 
I don't want to say all this just because I know that it is also a privilege mm-hmm. to be able to buy foods that are healthy mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. that. But it's like to get out of that cycle of bullshit and toxicity, it takes money. Yeah. And because well, all that shit makes us sick, too. Well, and if you're buying something from like one person, it's going to cost more money because yeah. they don't have a factory and yeah. like they're not exploiting all these people to make this thing. Like you have to understand if you're even if it's just like a spice blend, it's mm, going to be a little bit mm, more because mm. somebody's putting their heart and soul into that and they have to make money off of it. And they're trying to give it to you for as low as a price yeah. as they can yeah. without, you know, sacrificing. So. I think that's not even being bougie. No. That's just like wanting normal, nice things or like healthy. And like the clothes we're wearing are killing us. Yeah. The foods we're eating are killing us. And I just don't want that. <laughs> I don't want to die. <laughs> I mean, eventually I want to die. But like not. I want to die when I'm ready way. to die. <laughs> and then it's like you also have to find this balance because that can be really expensive. And mm-hmm you there's all some things that are more convenient so mm-hmm. um i just went on a tangent but <laughs> you get my point <laughs> i don't think we've talked but i started the new salon and it's literally been the easiest transition i've ever had into anything mm, and it's literally. exactly what i need right now and i'm so grateful it's just like it's been so fucking easy that's so good and like i couldn't ask for anything more and, and are, are your clients like so happy that you're back in medford too everybody's happy um everything's easy i don't know i'm just like that's all i need right now mm-hmm. easy breezy mm-hmm. not something that i have to put a bunch of energy into i'm mourning my place but honestly i haven't been that much because mm. like i did it you it was successful. It. I loved it. It was my safe space. It was far. It yeah. was so, such a far drive every day and a lot of work. And I think if I, it was a lot of work, but if I were to do it again, I'd do it way bigger. <laughs> <laughs> but then have like support On staff a too. Yeah, you know? different scale. For sure. So, it's been great. What's going on with you? Um, I just got back from two weeks of traveling again, uh, went to Iowa, which is where my bestie Cheyenne lives and got to meet little baby Edith for the first time. And she is so, so cute. freaking cute. And, um, it was great cause Joey came too. And then our friends, Casey and Patrick, they, they, the three of them all flew out from Denver and I had my layover in Denver, so we got to, like, meet for an hour brunch, which was really fun before they got on their plane. Um, but Joey kept telling all of us, like, I'm going to lose my shit when I meet Edith. Like, just so everyone's aware, I'm going to, like, totally fucking break down. And sure enough, like, we get into the hotel room and, like, he's not even five feet from her. And he's just, like, red in the face and welling with tears and, like fanning oh his face like oh my god i can't i can't i can't <laughs> and like that's gonna make me cry it was so sweet but it also like i think we all had emotions too but then we all just like could not stop laughing and like sharing in the joy that joey was experiencing mm. <laughs> and it was really cute too because edith was like 
could not stop looking back at him kind of like is he okay <laughs> <laughs> like what's um, wrong with that one what hmm. is he doing <laughs> which like her staring directly in his eyes only made him cry more it so was cute. so cute and so I got to like hold her for a while and just like share and like even while I was holding her she's just staring over at Joey and he starts crying again and it was it was so fucking cute it was so so cute um she's a total ham her like baby smiles are just like the most joyful feeling I think Mm -hmm. anyone could feel like if you really sit with a baby and you just like love on them and hold them and like watch their expressions and when they get that big cheesy giggly smile there's like no better feeling I swear it just raises your own vibrations you can't help but smile or like baby giggles and laughs oh my god like oh so cute so yeah it was so wonderful just to like be there with her and to like be able to be with little Edie and um just sharing their love and the creation that they made together and uh her watch uh, her parent yeah oh my god so sweet and like she's always been such a nurturing human and like moms her friends so well that it's like that you were born to be a mom and it's just so beautiful to watch her and like with her stepdaughters and just how she moms them so well too and uh just the whole family dynamic just being a fly on the wall watching them like be a family is such a gift it's so sweet makes me so happy to see her so happy and to like have this family that she's built and created and that she just so deserving of it was so sweet sweet. yeah it was really good um we got to like float on the lake one day which is the at uh, prairie rose it's a state park out there and um cheyenne books cabins there usually oh, every yeah. summer and you know friends come out and it's a really fun thing i've done a couple summers there it's like just such a blast it's so so much fun um so we didn't have the cabins this summer because baby but uh, at least we got to like go out there and float for a little while which was really fun and to be able to show casey and patrick that um I'm trying to think of, oh, we like, we spent our last weekend in Omaha and Cheyenne had her first baby or first night away from baby and like slumber partied with me and Joey. And we went to a couple gay bars. Like we were just in walking distance of all the best things, which was really nice and got to go to a couple different drag shows. And it was just so beautiful and so nice to celebrate and to, um, what's the word I'm looking for support uh that community out there because we all know yeah we all know just how uh targeted they are right now and I mean have been really Mm -hmm. if we're being honest about it but um yeah there's big spotlight uh, in the in that community and so it was just really nice to go be a part of that and support them and give them all of our money (laughs) and just like you know watch them perform it is talent like it takes so much talent what they do and we'd even gone to like an amateur one the next night and like it was beautiful to see them too like even some of them very nervous and like unsure of their movements but still like they're fucking out there doing this really scary thing and to see like 
where probably yeah. most of them started was like in this kind of more seedy underground mm-hmm. uh, club. And that was just as fun. It was so neat to like watch all the varying different I'm just queens thinking about how I tried to do the splits at drag brunch and <laughs> I was in physical therapy after. So yeah, it's like throw their bodies all around. Very talented. In fucking heels. Like, yeah. Jesus. I'm like so many props. Cause mm-hmm. uh, I turned black. Like, my Oh my God. Yeah. Black and blue. Like it is, it is quite um, a performance. It's Love it. so much talent. So much. Yeah. That's pretty much what all we did in Omaha. We went to three Amazing. different drag um events and that was just so fun and so nice to spend time with my besties too and then um got back in town and basically just like sat on the couch for three days straight uh coming back to the smoke like really fucking sucks um Mm -hmm. smoke season is is our fifth season here i saw you guys wearing hoodies oh yeah like the weather in iowa while we were there and it was before and after it was flaming hot again but the whole week that we were there except for our very last day was so fucking nice like in the 70s and 80s i saw a picture i'm like are you wearing a fucking hoodie i was in a fucking hoodie i was like i did not look at the weather before coming out here because i know it's swampy ass fucking Mm -hmm. humidity at that time of year and so I didn't even think to look at the weather. I always look at the weather before I travel to see like what to get. I was not planning ahead. And I get out there and I was like, I did not bring a pair of jeans. I have dresses and shorts and tank tops. And I have this one sweater that I brought for the plane. At least I had that. <laughs> yeah. And I fucking left my house in my garden house shoes. Oh, I saw that. And so I had to go like buy some new shoes while I was out there. I was like, fuck. <laughs> this is not going to work. They're like you know at the toe um mm-hmm. at the end where the uh what is it called i don't the thing know. that goes over uh it's like a band uh, there's a name for it uh but like the toe is like splitting like they're <laughs> they're worn they're mm-hmm. lived in uh so funny but so yeah like coming back to the smoke it just i fucking it's so hard to be in the smoke it's like legit it looks like fog. I was mentioning that, but it is thick ass smoke. It's not is and is hard to breathe out here. Can't see the mountains. Yeah, it's pretty depressing time. Uh, Pacific Northwest is incredible most of the time, but we very much have to deal with this very thick, nasty smoke I and saw threats that of fire. fire start. Did you? Which did you one? The, the Smith River? Mm-hmm. No. Jess, my friend Jess and I went to the coast and then we were driving back and there was like this one hill mountain and I was like, is that smoke? It kind of looked like a cloud. Mm. And then we drove by and there were just like two little, I took pictures, I'll show you. And like a video, there's just like two little spots on fire and there was no one around yet. And like I tried Googling it, but there was like no information. So it had just started and it rained. So yeah, there was lightning strikes. It was definitely Mm -hmm. lightning. And we, the by 24 hours later, like that whole spot that we drove by was like gone. Yeah, that road, our road to our closest Mm -hmm. beach town is closed because the fire is on both sides and all around it. It was right there. so crazy. I'll show you the video because... Oh, so scary. I know. It's like if we would have waited, I don't know. It would have taken you five hours to get home to go. Well, and then fucking Gold Beach is on fire. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. Like literally right on Mm -hmm. the ocean. It's not anymore, but that was all in the same time. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. This is always a panicky time of year for anyone living uh, in the Pacific Northwest and and after everything burnt down in 2020, a lot of people are super traumatized yeah. and like having a hard time with any kind of smoke. It like immediately oh, triggering. Triggers yeah, yeah, that's scary. I'm really it's excited um, to go to Shasta this week. Yeah, this weekend it'll be we good. Um, haven't been able to do the houseboat in the last probably three years. Mm. Because the lake hasn't been had any oh, water yeah. in it. It was like literally empty. And it was and really full this year. It's very full. Yeah. And there's no smoke there right now. And like I literally looked yesterday, their air quality was like 23. Yeah. It, it's, it's like been 400 here. Over there. So, um, and I finally have energy because I was like really anxious oh, yeah. about going and like really didn't want to go. And now I'm like, oh, I'm fine. I can like deal with these people. It's going to be so fun. I can't wait to hear about it. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. And then I come home for two days and then I go to St. Louis for my baby shower yeah. and for hosier. Yeah. Did you buy tickets yet? No. You're still just like, I'm, I'm waiting until the day mm-hmm. of. Because that'll be smart. just sold out by box. Yeah. Fuck that shit. I'm not paying two hundred dollars, so no. That's I'm just insane. manifesting that I figure it out, and I will. That'll be exciting. That'll be so That'll fun. Be so romantic. Oh yeah, we went to Portland also. Yeah. Um, for just a an overnight because we went to go see Sylvanesso mm-hmm. at Edgefield McMinimins. Oh my god, it was so Edgefield's fun. great too. And yeah, it was my first concert there. It's small. Which um, is great. Yeah, but I love like an outdoor venue. Yeah, it's, it's a whole nother vibe. And just like watching the sunset as they're so playing good. their set and like so much dancing. Mm-hmm. I have not danced that hard in so long. I was like, I didn't drink there. I was just drinking water. I had like a hop water um, for like a little treat and I smoked some pot, but I just like... I got a little high and danced real, like a lot. I was like, oh my God, I'm so thirsty. I'm going to need to drink so much water. I had to like go fill up our water bottle at one point during the show. So I was like, I just got to get out of the crowd for a moment, mm-hmm. get some anxiety here. <laughs> um, but oh my God, it was so incredible. And like one of the, one of those bands that I really wanted to see live for a long time. So that was fun too. And got to go with Rachel who is our editor what's up Rachel um, what's up girl and that was just so fun like spending time with her and Mark like two of my favorite humans in the whole world and dancing together and then um yeah I I like going to Portland and we usually go for shows and then I get to hang out with Rachel which is always so nice uh and it wasn't really the air quality was much better there still a little smoky the whole drive was very smoky but yeah, it's been nice. I'm very happy to be back home and to be able to like get back in the groove of things. I have um, Moonbees' first new moon ritual coming up on the 14th, which will be really exciting with my friend Jubilee, who is um, an astrologer. She's done some mini astro readings here in my shop before. And so that'll be fun. She'll kind of like help us learn about how we can use the new moon um, to plant seeds and learn about kind of the current astro happenings, which will be really fun. I'm super excited. And then in October, Julia is coming down. Julia, my friend and mentor who lives in Bend, and we're going to be hosting a um, workshop here that'll be kind of teaching you how to channel and connect so cool. with your past loved ones. 
So like, I really feel like now is the time of Moonbees where I get to introduce all of these workshops and events and things that I've been wanting to put together. But life has been so busy since opening my shop that I just wanted to have some consistency in doing that. So I'm very excited to start doing that. I'm also really wanting to put on the calendar for September if I can, like my first group uh, drumming here too. So this next week I'll be kind of like putting together that calendar and seeing where I can create space for those things. So, so happy to be back and doing this and being in Moonbees and being home with my dogs and cats and husband. It's good. It's great. Anything else from you? Mm, no, you this banana is really far away from <laughs> me, but the smell of it is making me grossed <laughs> out. That's all I have to say. <laughs> What's uh, the bump date? Um, boop, 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 boop. 30 weeks. Baby is a giant. I don't know. I felt the baby today. Yeah, she's is like violently kicking me, which is such an interesting feeling. 3.4 pounds. Oh. 15.95 inches. Wow. Yep. She is... Just like her, yeah. My arm. Probably. A little bit. That's probably like a foot. Yeah. Um, her skin is starting to get some melanin in it. Aww. Um, baby hairs, the little lanugo, which is like those like like the fine hairs that are on like your face and oh, stuff. Oh yeah. And then um my baby can open her eyes mm. and see dim shapes. By thirty one weeks the pupils are able to constrict and expand. Whoa, let's have a light show for the baby. <laughs> <laughs> Um, apparently your belly button can like, okay, so there's this really (laughs) creepy thing that can happen called an incarcerated hernia and it's like the intestines push through the opening in the tissue and it bulges out of your belly button and like the pain comes from the small piece of intestine squeezing into a small space and causes surgery. So that's disgusting and not sorry if that happened to you. That sounds really awful. Like a hemorrhoid on your belly button. (laughs) And like it also says that like first of all, Curtis won't stop touching my fucking belly button and I'm like I'm gonna punch you in the dick. Yeah. Like leave me the fuck alone. Oh my gosh. And when I read him this, I'm like, some people even have to wear bandages over their belly button because they're so sensitive. So fuck off and stop touching me. Yeah, your like insides are being pushed outside. Yeah. Um, some brown discharge can happen. Fatigue uh, in the pantalones. Swelling. Yeah, not your belly button. Your <laughs> that was, that, I was yeah, but that Mood was long swings, belly button. <laughs> shortness of breath. Honestly, the it's crazy because in the beginning of this app, it's like. Not that many symptoms on the mom. And then, like, the baby ones are really long. Now the baby's doing less changing, and the mom's <laughs> like, You can have all this fucked up shit happen to you. But honestly, I feel great in the third trimester, which is not normal. I'm so happy. I hope the nesting that way. is so fun. Yeah. Well, especially like moving into a new home. Oh my God, it's like, so it's fun. like, you already naturally are going to nest, but now you get to 
like create a home I've, like, for your baby. I've folded all my clothes into like really or like I'm even folding Aww. my underwear in these like little envelope <laughs> shapes and like everything's put in perfect spots and the freaking like vacuum lines. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> having so much fun. Never done so much laundry in my life. I'm really enjoying <laughs> and it. And enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's great. It's right next to the bedroom. Kurt's like, it was before. <laughs> I didn't like that one. <laughs> and we have a different washer. I don't know. That's it's so been funny. great. Baby's yeah. good. She's violent. She's, <laughs> um, I think she'll kick and then I put my hand there and she like stops. So I think she's like, hold me. Oh. <laughs> and then I hold her. She's like, okay, thanks. <laughs> Very much wiener dog vibes. <laughs> Getting from this baby. Um, that's it. That's so happy. Yeah. So soon. So soon. Ten weeks. Oh, that's so crazy. Give or take. Could be less. I only work for six more weeks. Yeah, that's so wild. With like a <sighs> week and a half of travel. and I only there. have 18 more work days. That's less than three weeks mm-hmm. of work days. That's so cool. I'm ready to be fucking done with it you're gonna be a mama i mean you already are mama there's gonna be someone gonna, else there's living gonna in be my house all something the time. outside of your house outside of your body house and in your <laughs> real house <laughs> okay well today's guest uh was really incredible she is a medicine woman of many many different trades focusing mostly on women's health and wellness in energetic ways um she's incredible she's in ashland oregon so if you are local or close by or even if you happen to come out here i cannot recommend working with her enough it was a very life-changing experience for me when i saw her last month um and her and her husband are just doing wonderful things in the world for people yeah on a spiritual it's another level. reason i need to make a bunch of money so i can pay for all my friends to experience all the services seriously. of everyone that we interview seriously feeling so blessed to know so many cool practitioners Amazing. that mm-hmm. um are helping people in such unique beautiful ways so we hope you enjoy hearing her story and learning about her services and the magic that she creates in the world it's a very beautiful episode Enjoy. Enjoy. We'll start today by closing our eyes if that feels safe for you. And just starting with three deep breaths to connect our energy and to get grounded. Breathe in deep. And release. Another deep breath in. And release. One last deep breath in. And exhale. I'd like to take a moment to invite in our higher selves, our ancestors, any guides who'd like to join us today. Please wrap us in love 
and protection, helping us to feel safe and calm and open. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited for our guest today. Hello. Hello, hello. Please introduce yourself. Hello, I am Shannon Tinder. And so grateful to be here with you too, Amber and Taylor and Baby. Um, it's an honor. Please just um, tell us like a little bit about what you do in the daily world and feel free to tell us how you got there, how you became Shannon Tinder today. <laughs> well, how I became Shannon Tinder, that's a big story, but <laughs> I'm, I'm a medicine woman, uh, first and foremost, and that's a big umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a long journey of decades and really my whole life of collecting uh, tools in my tool bag and being the witchy woman that I am. And that's lifetimes as well mm-hmm. um, that have brought me to this moment. Um, in my day-to-day healing center practice, um, I work mostly with women. I focus on energy healing, balancing. Um, I call it, it's like a shamanic deep dive that's very womb-centric. It's based in holistic pelvic care and sexological body work, um, where I'm really like helping women come back to their bodies come back to whole, remembering their wholeness and accessing the deep creative power that is rooted in the pelvis. Hmm. Um, I do this through a number of tools, a lot of tools. I'm an herbalist, um, intuitive guide. I read Akashic records. I do biofield tuning, vibrational frequency attunement with tuning forks. I do Oracle tarot cards. Um, craniosacral, you know, Tantra. So it's, it's a lot that goes into what I currently offer and I love it. I'm mm-hmm. a multi-passionate person and I wouldn't have it any other way that sometimes it's frustrating. Mm, yeah. Um, I relate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so my husband and I have a healing center in Ashland, Sacred Living Center and um, we both do somatic trauma-informed body work. Um, I also, I, you know, not only do I offer the womb-centric sessions, but I do those Akashic and biofiltering sessions on their own. Um, and I work a lot with plants um, in different ways. And so mm-hmm. that's, in addition to being a mama and a wifey, uh, that's my, my current um, presentation to the world. I'm in the middle of a of a goo. And so mm. I'm curious what comes out of that in the next like six months. Um, I that just gave me have done a lot of online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm loving it. I've actually been super on a kick with astral cartography and I'm like hunting down the right place to land on my Venus line to get like a little infusion um, and igniting of like what's next. What's a goo? Um, like transformation cocoon i'm in between like i'm in the caterpillar in the goo and not quite yet the butterfly in like my next reincarnation of who i am what i do such a good place because i get bored it's hard but it's yeah it's it's gooey and messy and i'm really sometimes but it's so freaking good it's good and i'm really okay with it this time Mm. i've been through many many evolutions of goo um, but yeah, you know, what 
I will, you know, in thinking about waking up the witch and I was like, when, when was that? Um, I really kind of came into this world awake. Mm. Um, my mom was, uh, became a boarding and Christian when she was pregnant with me. And wow. then my dad, he'd had a brain injury like a year before I was born and which he recovered miraculously from, but, uh, he is, was atheist. So I grew up in this very like, um, polarized home. And, um, my mom was like taught me faith healing and, um, she was very natural. She um, worked a lot with like whole foods and eating healthy and, um, herbs. She gave me my first herbal book in high school and, uh, but just very Christian too. Mm -hmm. And, um, we used to, she'd take me to, uh, she'd go to the nursing homes and pray for people and lay her hands on people and do healings. And I hated it as a kid, but, <laughs> Um, you know, in retrospect, like it taught me so much and she taught me the power of prayer and words and, um, really feeling the Holy spirit. She would speak in tongues and, um, you know, I was always like, oh, she's just a little weird. <laughs> um, but then, you know, like, uh, I was eight, seven years ago, I went to this sound healing and somebody was speaking in, um, light language and it just activated those codes in me that were already had been there planted from my mom mm. and, really being able to channel light language and um, understanding what speaking in tongues and what they're, you know, really kind of doing. And um, we, I'd go to church services where we'd get drunk in the Holy spirit and like, just like <laughs> pray all night and just have this intense connection with spirit that felt um, very alive. Then meanwhile, like this opposite um, energy of my dad being atheist and it's just all or nothing. And, uh, his sisters and my grandma were very new agey, um, into aliens and just everything that like was also alluring to me. So I had this like polarity of worlds and their world was very mystical. And I was very intrigued always, even though I'm like, that is evil. That is, my mom was like, that is evil. <laughs> we don't do that. <laughs> and were they married so, this whole time too? Yes, wow. till I was um, 12. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> My dad, put he was a quiet man that put up with a lot. <laughs> um, but, you know, meanwhile, what was like brewing in me was this I am, I'm a double Pisces, sun and moon, Gemini mm. rising. So it's like my nature is this kind of split energy. Mm hmm. And I, I can see it, how my home life brought that up. And, um, but everything was just stirring in me that like this naughty, evil side felt better mm. and was intriguing. And I loved it mm -hmm. to like do anything that was maybe naughty, even though I was like this really good girl. <laughs> Love that. Um, and so that's, that's kind of my roots. And, um, you know, I wanted to be a doctor, a teacher, and own a restaurant uh, when I was a kid. And so I feel like <laughs> I've kind ambitious. of done all that, as, <laughs> but in a really better way now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I think it was years of being in the church and just starting to really question, um, like, this is just not right. And my mom was a very insecure person. She was the kind that kind of was easily to follow religion. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I just was like, this is just kind of fucked up. And, um, so questioning and questioning and, um, 
really just feeling also like these things that were really raw and real inside of me, like my sexuality and my curiosity, especially as I hit puberty, it was just like, this shouldn't be wrong and wanting to like find a safe way. But I didn't know what that meant at all um, to embrace like a very sexual nature inside of me. Mm And it caused a lot of compartmentalization within my own connection to my sexuality. And, um, and then like later on years finding like issues with intimacy because they were two separate things. Um, and so through the years, you know, my parents split and my world kind of split even more. And I just kind of led a little bit of two lives, although the the naughty evil side, mm-hmm. like getting gaining more traction and um, drawn to anything in the occult, anything um, to do with medicine and magic. Um, and finally, I think like about 17, um, 18, started experimenting with psychedelics. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> my... <clears throat> excuse me, my first really big acid trip <laughs> blew my world open. It was like I'd had little like tidbits here and there, of, you know, some good pot and a little bit of acid, um, nothing major. But this one, um, right at the end of high school, I, I was like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> there is a multidimensional world here. Yeah. Everything is okay. And everything is real. And, um, I was never the same after that. And right at that point, my aunt had given me a book on channeling and Mm. I took it with me on a trip after high school to Hawaii and just became this empowered, empowered woman um, and was able to completely like let go of all Christian roots and just find my path. That's incredible. Um, It's always the psychedelics. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You just see past all the veils. (laughs) Can't call that yeah. thread here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wish. Um, yeah, I got really into like reading all about the history of psychedelics, and um, I just like like the electric Kool Aid acid test, and mm-hmm. you know, wishing everyone could get dosed somehow. <laughs> <laughs> That's me in high school. I was like, if I could just <clears throat> dose my parents, then they'd understand, <laughs> right? <laughs> What a different world so we would live in. <laughs> oh, so different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then I, I tried to go to college a little bit, and it just was like, oh, like this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. And um, so just decided to do life instead. And I ended up in Arcata in Humboldt, and that's a beautiful town to nurture um, the witch in one. Mm. And I just – I was there in my early 20s, and – have a time of my life um, learning. I started, I, my aunt um, attuned me to Reiki, my other aunt, and I became an herbalist, did a big program there, and um, really just activated um, everything in me that was wanting to just go for it. I studied with an energy practitioner um, who was a little ahead of my time, wasn't quite ready to see how she saw the world, but um, deep roots planted, and then I ended up in Arizona and Phoenix going to massage school where then even better all of the language came online of like all the Claire's and like how I mm-hmm. feel and realizing like how Claire <clears throat> sentient I'd been my entire life mm-hmm. and um feeling everyone's stuff like I grew up knowing I was different but 
also with a very insecure mom. So I had no like language and no way to like sort that out. Um, that I was just feeling everything and I, there was no like filter and I was hearing everyone's thoughts and, um, actually Celestine prophecy book helped Mm. me sort that out. It was one of the first like very pivotal books in my life. Um, my early twenties and, um, like, Oh, actually everyone's fucked up Uh, and it's okay. And we're just doing this human thing. And that has really like woven my path now in the decades of adult, um, life of helping everyone be human. Mm. And I think that's what I'm most passionate about when I try to like, look at what do I really do? I nourish and nurture humanness. Mm -hmm. I think that's so important, especially like in the witchy community. Like once you, you know, kind of step your foot in and you realize that we all have all these different clairs and you start to recognize how you're receiving information. And then you're just like, okay, now I'm connected to more than this earthly plane. And a lot of us and some more than others will kind of live more up in the higher chakra area um, for so long. And we forget that we are humans. And the reason why we are here is to be humans and have the earthly experience and so it's really nice to have other practitioners who are helping people become more grounded and come back into their bodies instead of like always trying to escape. Because I feel like, you know, it's just another kind of a drug or a substance when we really start to live more up in our crown chakra and above, um, you know, it just becomes addictive and in a way that we are trying to escape mm-hmm. our reality too. So, and it, it, you know, it's a slippery slope for some, for sure. I think it's really beautiful that you, you already know and are in tune with bringing people into their bodies and living their experience here on earth, even though sometimes it's really hard for us. Yeah. I like how you put that. It's so true. I think that there's, you know, a lot of things that lead people to just living that high, but it's, um, you know, I'm really kind of anti-ascension culture Mm, yeah yeah, it's the descend we're here (laughs) we're in the muck of it let's like get our roots in I've always just identified with when I ground I'm a tree or I'm a dandelion I'm just like this plant going deep into the earth and people doing vegan raw diets I think goes really extreme too because Mm, they just like mm -hmm. stay super yinned out and that can be very addictive Mm -hmm. this um very, you know, we have to have the balance Balance, and that's everything that I really teach. It's interesting. My North node is actually in Libra. So my whole Mm. life goal is to learn balance. No wonder why you're (laughs) in your goo too, with the um, shift in the nodes. (laughs) Oh, there's a shift in the nodes right now. Yeah. The South node is in Libra right now and North node is in Aries. It just shifted in July, I believe. So for the next 18 months, um, definite gooey transitions for those wherever that lives in your chart. Well, I'm really hoping my goo is not that long. (laughs) 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 I was told April was the longest. (laughs) Maybe you'll start to Um, step your foot out in August. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah. So I think, you know, as far as being embodied and really like, I, I've called myself an embodiment coach, but that's kind of feels overdone, but really that's a lot of what I am. Um, you know, my, one of my most favorite tools is just bringing my hand to my heart and my hand to my womb and mm-hmm. taking a breath in and out of those spaces because our hands run energy mm-hmm. and they are the current, you know, the, the arcs of the currents that run through us. And um, when we bring those to places in our body, it just connects the circuitry and it's the easiest, quickest way to just land inside. And um, mm-hmm. when I started really doing, um, you know, I've been on this path for a couple decades of studying um, healing work. And when I moved to Ashland uh, almost nine years ago, I was looking to get back to work because we've been home studying on 45 acres in Northern California for years and remote. And I really wanted to be back in service and not just be a mom and non-homesteader. And mm-hmm. so I started taking more classes and I found I'd already had the book Wild Feminine um, by Tammy Kent. And I found her work of holistic pelvic care. Um, and it just lit me up mm-hmm. and it brought me back to this place of like, okay, yes, everything is in the body. And um, it all comes down to the womb space. And I realized like kind of weaving back to what I was sharing earlier of just like shutting down and compartmentalizing so much of my sexuality and mm. that power to create and, um, and the different voices. So, you know, most of us live from this mental voice realm and never even get to know the other parts of ourselves. Um, I, through the work, I learned like I have a root voice. I, my Yoni has a voice Mm -hmm. (laughs) and my heart has a voice and all of it has a different voice. And I remember the first time I was doing an exercise for a book because I was leading a book club from, for wild feminine book. And, um, it was all about hearing your root voice. And I actually like slowed down enough to do the exercise fully. And this voice came out of nowhere that I'd never heard before. It was kind of like, people are like, God, just talk to me. Who's this different <laughs> voice? And, and, it, and she was like, slow down. <laughs> what are you doing? Yes. Going too fast. <laughs> and it was, it was like this sultry, jazzy, rootsy mm. voice that I was just like, whoa. And, and she just it was like her tone and her energy was so slow. Uh-huh. And I've, I've never like had that voice come out again, but it was so profound to me of, yes, like we really can get out of our head and get into our body and hear these parts of us mm. that have something completely different to say than the mind that's mm-hmm. constantly running the narrative. How magical for uh, women, because we live in our heads so much. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. One of my favorite offerings my um, is yoni steaming. Mm-hmm. And if folks don't know what that is, it's an ancient practice of um, bringing steam, warmth, and herbal medicine, the, um, the oils, to the pelvic bowl. Um, so this has been done in many cultures, still intact in some cultures, and now it's like reviving here in the U.S. Um, and 
husband built me these beautiful wooden boxes that kind of look like a little square box with a little cutout, maybe look like a toilet. And we have a crock pots inside. And um, if you've ever done a tent with a pot and put your head over it and you do like a steam mm, inhalation, mm-hmm. you can think of that for your whole pelvis. And it's so incredible. And it's like um, a warm cup of tea for your yoni. Mm. And I have eight boxes. Um, I do a two-hour circle, um, teach about the plants, do a little like about plants, about the cycle where women might want to focus. And then everyone creates their own blend. And then I do a guided steam session. So and everybody's I, sitting in a circle with their pants off. Yes, <laughs> but I'm just I asking. have women. It, it's very, it feels very safe. Um, you people yeah. wear skirts. And so you're wearing a skirt, you wrap it, you fold a towel around the rim, and then they have a blanket to go over them. So really nothing's ever seen yeah. by every by each other. I didn't um, imagine you just sitting there naked. I was just <laughs> that we have it some of them. Yeah. <laughs> um and so one of the thing first things I do is an exercise to learn and distinguish between the head and the root voice. And it's pretty easy and just taking people into asking the same question, mm. but then like being able to drop in deeper into the body very you know, very, it happens very quickly. And then a different answer comes forth. Where does the word yoni come from when you're referring to like female anatomy? It's Sanskrit. Um, I like it. It just sounds nice. Yeah. Um, I do like the word pussy. And I was just going to like the word pussy. Pussy steam. <laughs> yeah, pussy's great. And Pussy, a Reclamation is mm-hmm. by Mama yep. Gina, one of my favorite books. Same. And <laughs> oh, so good. That, Please read G, it, like, listener. O-M-G. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> Attune to your GPS. Yeah, you're great. Pussy in the sky. <laughs> oh, I love it. I read it like once a year. Oh, it's yeah. Just, it's always a good reminder. You always take something different out of it connects you deeper oh, I love it mm-hmm. um I made my husband read it too I made Mark read it too <laughs> I was like everybody needs to read this it's so powerful and important What are the benefits of yoni steaming? Like, why would someone want to do that? Um, well, so many benefits. Um, it So you have the herbs in the water and the steams coming up, carrying the essential oils and the medicine of the plant, um, as well as the steam and the warmth. One of the biggest uh, reasons for disease and breakdown in the pelvis, anywhere in the body really, um, is cold and cold and the idea of kind of Chinese medicine cold mm-hmm. where there's um, a lack of flow, there's uh, restriction in the tissues. And so um, we want to re- make sure that the whole pelvic bowl is juicy and warm and flowing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this is for anyone, whether they've given birth or not, but especially when we do give birth, um, you know, they call it the ring of fire. And whether you know the birth is vaginal or not, all that fire and energy that's been cultivated to grow that baby goes out with the babe. 
birthing. And so the mom is then needing to bring and collect that all back in the postpartum time. If there isn't an incredibly nurturing um, held container for mama, that can sometimes just like develop cold conditions, which lead to prolapse, which lead mm. to um, feeling numb, um, uh, just a sense of disconnection, um, you know, all sorts of, of reasons, um, cycle irregularity. And so basically restoring warmth um, in any sort of way keeps things juicy there. Um, How long after birth do you recommend steaming? I like to say about 10 days. Some people start sooner. Um, you're kind of through the heaviest bleeding part then. And, you know, protocol for postpartum steaming is a little different than just a maintenance kind of style mm -hmm. or for steaming for certain conditions of postpartum. You can steam every day for a while, um, a few weeks. And really that's like, okay, what's reasonable? <laughs> how, how much can you get on? It's like steam as much as you can. Um, it will tonify the uterus, bring it back into a good um, location, and it will um, speed tissue recovery. Um, I can share with you, Taylor, some a good blend for you to do postpartum. Um, my doula offers that, so I'll probably awesome. do that with her. Great. Um, I highly recommend it. I wish I'd known about it when I gave birth. Um, but for me, I've healed some feelings of like... Uh, prolapse and my uterine lining building up mm. and I did a series of steams like um, five days in a row a few times uh, with a couple weeks apart and completely shifted my cycle got rid of that um, so it it feels gentle but it is profoundly powerful it can affect digestion it's going in and relaxing the entire nervous system and then helping the endocrine system to also come into balance amazing yeah what about like women that have had hysterectomies? Like what are the benefits of yoni steaming for them? Well, um, you know, it depends on whether they've had partial or full. And so if they've had partial there, you know, you can still be like tuning some of the reproductive organ. Um, but like I said, it's affecting all of the tissues, digestion, it's affecting the soft tissues. It's um, relaxing the whole like perineum. So like what I find in my sessions with women, because I actually do internal fascial release and reset, um, that a lot of women are clenched in the root. We've mm -hmm. got root lock going on, you know, we're taught to hold it in, we're taught suck it all up. And, um, it creates this weakness in the tissue to just be clenched so much for so long. And so the very act of just steaming can help anyone to just soften mm -hmm. into the, like that really grounded sensation of being in the pelvic hammock. And especially with hysterectomies, they're losing part of the whole system that holds the hammock together. Mm -hmm. um, you know, everything is there for a reason. And one of the biggest issues women with hysterectomies have is um, bladder or rectal prolapse. Mm. So keeping things tonified is important. Mm -hmm. And then it's obviously probably beneficial for fertility as well. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. a number one reason in fertility is cold. <laughs> uh, you know, a lack mm -hmm. of presence there, a lack of flow. Um, people sometimes get the blocked tubes or, or the ovaries aren't functioning right or, you know, whatever reasons. Um, 
the any time at a very basic level that we're just bringing warmth and circulation, we're going to have chi and vitality. Amazing. Yeah. I'd like um, to, um, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, I'd like to go back a little bit and talk about like when you were really coming into your body and, and allowing yourself to heal your sexuality and like what that process looked like. Cause you were saying, you know, you, you were trying to find a safe place or safe way to um, connect with that. And I know the wild feminine kind of helped you. Was there like, like what did that look like in your relationships? Um, you know, when you were discovering that. Um, that's a good question. And I don't, know if there's any particular time that I could pinpoint because by the time I found wild feminine um, I was pretty comfortable and at ease in who I was um, so I'd say it was you know just kind of the, the very sensual and sassy side of me be, got to really come to life when I had moved to Arcata um, and perhaps it was this um, as like evolved kind of in my spirituality and, um, and being coming a mom, you know, actually mm-hmm. I was becoming a mom. Um, I had my first baby at just about 30 and that was so incredible. I had two beautiful home births and, um, just the power that I felt and, and the power in a, a female body and what we are capable of doing really opened a lot of doors for me. Um, and I think it merged this sense of separateness that I had had of, of sexuality and not being bad. I would say it it has taken me a long time to like fully merge the mm-hmm. sexuality piece. I've been in an 18-year marriage. Um, and there's been, you know, evolutions and evolutions of how that looks. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done also a lot of Tantra work that really opens and connects those energies. Um, my partner is incredibly present and doesn't understand that separation at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's been a good kind of mirror for me. Um, and it's been a lot of work, but we've been working through how I can just show up and trust the world mm-hmm. and trust him. And um, also, I would say that like, being in touch with my erotic blueprint when I discovered mm-hmm. that language mm-hmm. of um, erotic blueprint is if you, people don't know, you have got energetic, sensual, sexual kink and shapeshifter according to this one map. And so learning that my kink level is high, which perhaps like goes back to that separation energy. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. The um, naughty. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just honoring that. Uh, that it was very integrative. Awesome. And um, so I, you know, pretty early on in mamahood, I was holding women's circles and um, just grew up also in my adult stages in naked culture, mm-hmm. um, hippie naked culture. So there was just um, everywhere around me an ability to love who I was and mm. to bring it all into one if that makes sense and answers your question. (laughs) I love that. And that you get to kind of hold people in that place themselves. Um, And I recently had a session with you that was 
completely transformational and beautiful. And I really left feeling like a new woman. Um, and actually I just had my cycle a few months ago, but I started right on the new moon, which I don't remember how many years it's been since I started cycling with the new moon, which was really exciting. And I just felt like extra witchy and connected to myself. Um, but it was really, it was really informative and I'm still like going through the homework. I just got my flannel in for my castor oil packs and got my castor oil and like all the things that you were teaching me um, to work with. And I've, I have purchased the erotic blueprint, but I haven't yet taken time to do the little tests. So I'm excited to find out where I connect more and um, how I could be better connected to my own eroticism too. If that eroticism. Is that sure. right? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Amber. I'm just very grateful for you and the work that you do personally. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, it brings me so much joy. Um, especially, uh, working with sessions like yours and just like, Oh, this is why I do what I do. And, mm-hmm. um, when I try to maybe narrow it into a more niched thing. Not that that's not niched, but but I just bring all the tools, right? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Well, and I mean, just following your own intuition as the medicine woman, I think so important and valuable. And for me, someone who also works with others, like I, I really appreciate that you follow your intuition and, you know, allowed me to surrender to whatever was meant to happen that day. Um, what service did you get from her? It was the, what do you call it? The womb? Uh, currently it's called woman, woman wellness care. Yes. And so that is a first session is about two hours and we go into a deep dive of her story and just, I look at everything kind of from all the levels of energetic, um, lifestyle, biochemical, um, just the whole picture. I, I have to like really look at the whole picture so I can kind of understand and my multi-passionate um, ways play into that of bringing in the herbs and bringing in um, diet. And, you know, maybe I'll refer out to a functional medicine practitioner so we can look deeper at hormones. Um, but then I also bring in frequency healing and I read the biofield, the Akashic records around the person and, um, tune into like where there's some places of dissonance that need to be integrated for their intention for seeing me. Um, so like in a, a womb session, um, if somebody's coming in, um, you know, I see a lot of sexual trauma from the past and everything in our life that happens to us is in stored in our records in the biofield around us and it has a charge. And so through sound, through the forks, we're working to create coherence and allow that charge from those experiences to be called back in and brought back in and integrated back into the body. Um, it's like a vibrational soul retrieval. And then cool. when we're more like in flow and in our center, everything aligns, right? And that's the whole point, what goal of um, what we're trying to do is to just be in our center more. So I bring that along with the holistic pelvic care modality, um, which is based very much around the pelvis, um, looking at 
ancestral pieces, epigenetics of what we might be carrying and storing in our body, in our womb space, in our pelvis um, from from family. Um, And also looking at the balance of masculine and feminine energies. And are we overrunning our yang energy or do we need more yin in our life? Do we need to be more in the receptive and listening? And um, so really looking at that in through the lens of the reproductive system and helping women create more flow in their life um, through the reproductive system with that. I thought it was neat. Like one of my favorite things that happened during the session was well, first of all, when you unveiled my belly, you just took a moment to like love her and praise her and just called her beautiful. And that, I mean, creates safety, but it also just makes you feel like, oh, I am beautiful. My body is beautiful. It's doing the work. But then you were able to read my belly button and where the lines were pointing um, to kind of, you know, as you're talking about like the masculine and feminine roles, you're able to read my belly button and give me insight to where my energies are going. I thought that was so neat. I'd never, ever heard of anything like that before. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's based in Sheenie's song, um, which is, uh, you know, a whole work of just based around the abdomen and reading the whole body through the abdomen. And I find it fascinating. Um, it The body tells so much. It's a map of if we really look at everything, you know, there's like modalities where you can just read the eyes and mm-hmm. or the face. And so I personally, I, I once thought of having a practice where I just focused on bellies. It was before I did um, the womb care. And I think that if everyone massaged their bellies five minutes a day, it would be a better world because you know, it's all there. Digestion, um, Mm -hmm. our second brain and the gut. And, um, you know, it's, it's all there. We can read around the belly button, the whole story of your uh, relationship with mom and dad and (laughs) all the organs. It's fascinating. And it was so spot on too. just the way like, where I was more blocked, my energy wasn't in good flow on the right side, but it was doing well or better on the left side. And the right side is connected to like father's side, correct? Mm-hmm. And I don't have a good relationship with my dad and haven't. So it was just so fascinating to learn that. And you were feeling the left side, um, like mostly was ancestral and maternal um, of where I was having issues. It was more the weight I was carrying from my mother and her mother, which I thought was very fascinating too, and makes so much sense. Yeah. It's, um, we are these complex beings, but when we break down, it's kind of, you know, simple. And I think just even when we like honor and acknowledge that in you, right. In the session, Mm -hmm. your body is like, Oh, yeah, I'm being I'm being resonated with, and then things just like like yeah. as soon as I even start talking to something in the body, it'll start to shift, and mm-hmm. like the, where I'm listening in the field with the fork, we'll just the tone immediately will change, and everything just wants to be acknowledged and integrated. Oh yes, put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. true. Um. Well, I. My husband and I have signed up for your, um, I don't know what, I forget what it's called, but the, the couples retreat coming up in October, I would love for you to kind of chat a little bit about that and 
what that yeah. looks like and what the work that you do together as partners. Yeah, so um, that is our sacred relations workshop. And it's actually one that we've been creating for many, many, many years. And I've been like, okay, Nathan, let's offer this. Um, <laughs> we've offered it in shortened versions. Um, we teach a lot together. Um, we, we are just, we're pretty busy. So that's why it didn't get on the books yet. But mm-hmm. I'm so excited. I, all my clients are always like, I you know I need this. And mm-hmm. what I find mm-hmm. is um, when I do these womb sessions, um, there's certain ways I hold the body, certain ways I approach the body that women are like, oh my God, can you teach my partner this? Yes. Um, and, or, you know, I hear I've never been held that way. Like mm-hmm. to be held in the pelvis, in the yoni, I am without any sexual intention whatsoever Mm -hmm. is a completely different experience than what we're used to. And, you know, one of the books I I recommend is women's anatomy of arousal. And it's part of what we teach is I, there is, there's this weird dynamic that is, this is stereotypical and there's of course outliers, but that, you know, men tend to have, this is kind of in the, heterosexual dynamic men tend to have um a higher sex drive or want more mm-hmm. you know there's the testosterone's like xxx and mm-hmm. as in general um there's less of a drive in women and i don't think this to be true it's just that we are multitasking more and they are mm-hmm. single singular focused <laughs> mm-hmm. and so for us to really drop in and like have a juicy erotic experience things need to be right the environment Mm -hmm. like we need to know things are done or the kids are like somewhere else and they're Mm -hmm. not going to drop in and so it's all about like teaching the men how to understand this and you know this can go for any sort of relationship of um gender and gender fluidity there's tends to be one that's more yang tends to be one that's more yin Mm-hmm. And so it all can all apply. Um, but it's allowing for that yin nature to be receptive, to be able to open that, you know, the flower to be able to open and not feel smothered. Because mm-hmm. if we feel smothered and never have a chance to open, then we never have a chance to open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're bringing in tools, uh, breath work, which is a crucial, crucial um tool in my life and and the, all the work we learned in Tantra um, to open the channels. And um, we're bringing in some practices we've learned from Tantra of creating sacred space, um, being able to state boundaries and needs, um, honoring each other, learning listening skills. Um, that's, you know, more, we, we call it reflective listening so that we're not just like waiting to speak and we're actually hearing mm. each other. Um, and then some holds. One of my favorite one is called the sacred Yoni hold. I go under, I might've done this for you, Amber, I'm not sure. Um, under the sacrum, over the top of the mm. pubic bone with clothes mm. on or through the sheets when I'm in session and just hold. And I, this mm. is one of the things that I would, love to just teach all partners in the world or everyone is mm-hmm. especially um, female bodied um, 
because if we're holding there, the man is tends to, <laughs> it's a little different, but just holding there and letting the person receiving just to receive, to breathe mm. and no intention of expectations, what's going to happen afterward, where it's going to lead, you know, and it, it can, to hold this as long as one is comfortable, um, could be 10 minutes, could be a little longer. It allows for a rewiring in the nervous system. It allows for this feeling of safety and spaciousness. Um, and so it is by far probably the one of the most powerful things our partners can do for us mm-hmm. is just to hold and do this regularly. And then, then don't even go into sex. Don't, you know, maybe sometimes it will, but to ha- to be receiving it and know that there's no expectation it amplifies the eroticism completely. And, and we need the rewiring. Like so many of us have like a trauma response of, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's from the over asking from our partners or the pushing for, you know, more sex or, or from actually, you know, sexual trauma earlier um, or experiences where we didn't want to, our nervous system has to like feel safe. And that's, through yeah. the touch and the holding there is the best way. Oh, I love that. I'm so excited. And I feel like for us, it's just coming at such a good time in in our relationship. And, you know, sex is always hard to talk about. And even with your partners sometimes. Um, so I'm just very excited to like have the opportunity to be informed together and like learn how, you know, what I as the woman receiving needs and can heal a little deeper and to help my husband, like, you know, approach me in a a beautiful receptive way where, you know, I mean, I'm just excited to see like where this can take us um, in our relationship, but also sexually too. I think it's going to be very powerful for both of us just to, gain this knowledge and to lean into that more gentler space for sure. And just to share something so spiritually beautiful together, I think will be incredible and magical. Do you still have space available for this? Should any local listeners be interested in joining? I do. We have um, space for two more couples. Um, I was just, my kids just went back to school. I'm like, okay, let's get back into marketing mode. (laughs) Uh And um, yes, we have, we have space for four couples at our healing center to do that uh, workshop. And so we'd love for some promotion. Um, I'm working on a flyer for it. So I can send that to you. Oh yeah. Uh, I'll be happy to hang it up here for you. Awesome. And yeah, I think you'll really appreciate, you know, the dynamic between Nathan and I is, is really interesting. He actually tends to run more yin energy, but Mm. uh, sexually yang. And then Mm -hmm. I am running the yang energy in our day-to-day life, but then Mm -hmm. more sexually yin. And so we have a very like balanced way of teaching and it's, it's fun to come together. Our other work we do um, together is in plant medicine. We do Mm -hmm. um, work with retreats and, um, work with cactus and um, that's been very fun to to hold that space for people yeah you both are just such beautiful gentle souls and I've worked with both of you now and 
um, I just want everyone to experience you both. Like I'm always talking up Nathan and so is Mark. And, you know, now that I've um, done session with you, I'm telling everyone, like, <laughs> just go open yourself up to this whole new experience. I would really love, um, if you still have time, I would love to kind of hear, you know, your love story and how the two of you met and um, have kind of created this beautiful business together and how you started teaching and realizing like, we want to do this together. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it is a beautiful story, which I do need to put into a book. Um, <laughs> I, I get, I'm getting chills right now. <laughs> um and we met, uh, I was 28, he was 28 too, we're two months apart. And um, I had been single for a few years and just kind of seeking in my life where to be, where to land. And um, I was living with my brother and his wife in Phoenix. I had graduated massage school, um, almost bought an herbal shop in Scottsdale. And then that all <laughs> fell through. And I was like, where do I go? And um, my friend from massage school was living at this farm in the Superstition Mountains east of Phoenix. Mm. And it's um, it had been there a long time. And they did survival skills and herbalism and learning, you know, roots living. And she's like, Shannon, there is this mountain man out here. And she knew I wanted <laughs> a mountain man. Because mm. while living at my brother's, I feng shuied my entire bedroom like every single thing in there to the T was intentional. And mm. I just like, something about that Arizona desert energy helped organize all my water and air. Mm. <laughs> and mm. in my love and relationship corner, I had a dresser and I had made an empty drawer and I put there the list of who I was calling in this being <laughs> that I'd been collecting all the really beautiful parts from past partners and made a list and it was very detailed and I wanted a mountain man with muscles from chopping wood, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> blue or green eyes, like sexual appetite, um, all this whole long thing. And, and I just talked for like a year as though he was already in my life. Mm. I would say things like, oh, I love how you adore me and brush my hair and call me beautiful. Mm. And I love just how you make me feel juicy inside and and so I was creating this being in my life and so after the the whole herbal purchase store purchase fell through um I was ready to move to Portland and then she she got me out there to this farm and she was like he's really huge but then I'm like oh he's not you know not this giant. <laughs> he's six five. He's like a Viking. Um, I'm like, oh, I can do that. I can Total handle him. Viking. <laughs> so I stayed there four days, and it was um, April 18th when I arrived. And the next day, there was the um, the there was four people on the farm. It was the owner, my friend Nathan, and me. And he's like, we're going to harvest wild oats. And so we were harvesting wild oats on the hillside, and we started talking about our life and our visions and we both wanted the same thing out of life of a retreat center of rewilding people. And I didn't know that word quite yet. He was very into that. Uh, he had done tracker school and um, he's a mountain man and guiding and, um, but our vision was very similar. I was like, Oh my God, who is this man? And, um, 
I got really sunburned and he was rubbing, we got back to the farm and I'm like, I got to do your chart. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a, you know, maybe a more than amateur astrologist, but I, I know what to look for. And I wanted a, a lot of Sag with a little Capricorn. Mm. And so I'm looking at his chart and I see that he is a Sag sun and moon on the Capricorn cusp. And I just look and my whole body like lights up and I turn around and look at him. He's sitting right behind me and he just stares into my eyes and oh. did not look away. And <laughs> my whole belly's like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. And um, so then the next day, um, which happened to be 420, so ironic, um, <laughs> I'm harvesting calendula and he kept, keeps walking past me. I'm like, am I going to get to see him again? I just really didn't understand like the farm yet. And and finally, he's like, you want to go on a picnic? And mm. so we go and he feeds me. We're like sitting on the rock along the creek. And he's feeding me frozen persimmons from the farm and pecans and just totally swept me off my feet. <laughs> <laughs> and we're swimming in the swimming hole. So we're naked together already. Oh, <laughs> and nice. then we're in the beautiful stone community shower house washing each other's hair. And he's like, I don't have any sheets. Do you want to go on a date? Um, and the date was the closest <laughs> store is an hour and a half away, Walmart. <laughs> and so we went on a date, got him sheets. I'm like, okay, I'll cuddle you. We'll see. And um, the next, I left the next day and like could see like our whole life together. And I, but it was kind of scary. Like I wasn't mm-hmm. this like, oh my God, I'm totally surrendering to this. Um, and mm-hmm. it was intense. And he came to visit me the next week um, as he was flying somewhere. And then after that, when he came back, I'm like, what the hell? I have nothing else to do. I'm going to come live there for a few weeks and we'll see what happens. Mm. And when I got there, there was a retreat going on. And so I had to stay in his yurt because everything was full. And I'm like, after these five days, I'm moving on my own space and we're going to take this slow. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> by the end of the five days, of course, we were in love. Mm. And so we lived there for six months together and it was so romantic. And uh, I became the cook on the farm. We learned a lot about homesteading there. And come to find out, he lived in this beautiful, they called, called them yerpies, mixed between a teepee and a yurt, um, kind of looked like a little hobbit holes. And he'd left half of it empty because he too was doing the same practices of calling oh. in his beloved. His mom had taught him so much about manifestation and power of words and how you create your world. And um, he, spirit had led him to these mountains because he would just, he would say to someone or his family, drop me off in these mountains and pick me up, you know, so and such place in five <laughs> days. And he'd just wander and, and spirit had guided him to these mountains to meet his beloved. And um, oh so crying. <laughs> I, it's pretty powerful. And wow. And then he also um, he loved ganja. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm like, I had just you know lived in Humboldt, and I'm like, mm-hmm. let me take you to Humboldt. <laughs> he yes. you came from Utah. He'd like the swag <laughs> herb, and I was like, oh gosh. <laughs> and so I really <clears throat> I opened his world to. Um, festivals and plant medicine and um, you know that forever changed him 
And so by the end of that year, we were living back in Humboldt and uh, engaged. Um, And then pretty shortly after pregnant (laughs) baby, Mm. the first baby came along a little sooner than we planned, but it was very Mm. sweet. And yeah, so forever we've had this love story fueling a desire to bring it to the world, to bring them the power manifestation of creation, of um, living on the land, of rewilding. Um, Yeah. I love that. That's so beautiful. (laughs) And it felt like both Taylor and I also had our own lists for our husbands. And Mm -hmm. um, we've talked to a few other guests who mentioned their list to finding their love. Um, I just think it's so powerful and our, our minds are so powerful. We can literally create anything and call in exactly what we desire and what's meant for us and I think that's so beautiful that he also had a space for you (laughs) and had been doing that too so precious (laughs) amazing well Mm. I'm so glad that the two of your souls met each other and um, have created such a powerful life together and help others do the same it's truly a gift and Uh, Yeah, I'm just so grateful to have met both of you. Um, We actually met them because of Nathan's mom, who does uh, microgreens in her garage. They're incredible for all you local listeners. Go connect with Petal Pushers. So, so good. So lovely. Cindy is delightful. Um, But she put us in touch with Shannon and Nathan as soon as we moved out here and I was like oh yeah they're totally my vibe I can't wait to go you know and enjoy their magic so there's just everything you guys do we want to participate in eventually it's definitely a part of our path Um, and I really hope that other people here in Oregon or wherever come to find you as well and be a part of the magic the two of you are creating it's truly powerful Thank you, Amber. Is there anything else that you would like to share um, before we start wrapping things up? I don't think so, but, um, you know, we talked about the Oracle card and I, when I was like kind of thinking about what I want to share, uh, I realized that there's a bigger, a little story to the Oracle cards that I pulled this morning. And I would love to bring mm. that in because oh, yes, I feel like please. it is a message for, for the audience and the world. And so I wish I brought the deck in. Um, It's the Herbiary. Um, It's the newer deck. Oh, yeah, I have that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't remember who wrote it, but it's so beautiful, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely stunning. So it's all herbs, and they're pretty short messages. Um, And I was sitting there, and I was asking about um, support with a habit that I felt was not serving me that I needed to like completely let go of. Mm. And the card that came up was apple, which I didn't even know apple was in that herb deck (laughs) (laughs) and it was forbidden fruit. Wow. And it was, what are you forbidding yourself? And Mm. the whole, it just completely turned my whole perspective and and it makes me think of a lot about the work I do with women of and like I see so much of this 
what are we forbidding ourselves and and then cutting off from ourselves? What part are we not allowing? Mm-hmm. And you know, it's this whole goes back to what I shared of this living in this polarized world of of good and evil. And really yeah. it's all okay, right? Like how yeah. do we just be okay with all of it? And and then I pulled one more card and it was um finding grace. And mm. and it was the um borage card. I think they call it star thistle in there. Um or starflower. But so I really just like kind of want to bring this message forth of like, actually, what I was asking about, maybe was the wrong question, and maybe the wrong Mm. intention of like, it's something I've like, a habit I've been trying to like kill off for 26 years, but maybe that's not I'm not headed in the right direction with it. And to look Mm. in our lives of like, changing that language, like, you know, and some people I work with, with eating disorders, and of changing the language around like really embracing everything right and allowing it's this this yo-yo culture that gets us into these places of clenched energy and restriction and forbidding Mm. and so really allowing grace to let everything flow and everything to be held and perfect and beautiful remembering our wholeness oh I love that. That's, that definitely resonates Mm -hmm. um, just for me personally and how life has been as of the past couple of weeks. And I think that's a really beautiful message for us all to keep in mind because it, our culture and the culture we've been raised in and our parents have been raised in is dangerous (laughs) when it comes to the restricting and the diet culture in particular is just really, Yeah not to call it evil, but <laughs> kind of evil in its own way, you know? Right. Um, and so just, just allowing ourselves to have that grace and, and to do things again in moderation and in balance, we have to have that balance in everything mm-hmm. that we do. Absolutely Amazing. love that. Um, well, at the very end, we love to ask our guests two questions. And so the first question is, what is something that you do for self-care that you just can't live without for yourself? Chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) I would say uh, chocolate all the way. And if I'm at my most delightfulness in it, I'm rubbing it on myself and friends. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Is there a particular kind of chocolate that's like your go-to? I really like Lulu's and I like there's like this brown package now. I can't remember the name of it. That's come out with maple sugar in it. Um, But I make, I'm a chocolatier. I've made chocolate to make raw, uh, like this vegan caramel chocolates because I can't eat dairy. And so... There's so many good brands out there now. I I want to try your chocolates (laughs) (laughs) next time. That's wonderful. (laughs) And then if you could tell your younger self, whether that be your younger self far in the past or all the way up to yesterday, one thing, what would it be? Just fucking go for it and get into real estate. (laughs) nice no kidding (laughs) buy a house when you're 10 so that you're not screwed yeah (laughs) fucking for real (laughs) amazing i love that so much thank you so much shannon for spending time with us today and sharing your story it's absolutely beautiful Mm -hmm. you're beautiful so grateful for your energy thank you so much thank you taylor thank you amber it was a delight to share with you both
Thank you. Thank you. So our listeners, I almost said guests <laughs> and, and guests, um, go for a walk, buy some water. Or don't because it's smoky outside. <laughs> go to the gym and walk. <laughs> Eat some chocolate. <laughs> Do you have one? Oh, oh, offerings. Yes. <laughs> go take yeah. a salt bath. Hell yeah. Ooh, yeah, I need that for sure. <laughs> yeah, with all of this right now, take a salt heavy. Pour the whole bag mm-hmm. in there. <laughs> yeah, I really miss outside. Yeah. <laughs> if it's safe to go outside, do it. <laughs> yeah, if not, just you know, close your eyes and pretend like you're by water. <laughs> you know, I look at the smoke and I always have to tell myself that it's fog. Otherwise, I just like spiral out. <laughs> it's just fog. It's just yeah. fog. <laughs> That's a good one. Anyways. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Bye. Find us on TikTok and Instagram at Waking Up the Witch. Please email us your witchy stories, ghost stories, corrections, and advice questions to wakingupthewitch at gmail.com. Love you. Love you.